Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning. Welcome to SOGCAST number 41. This production of SOGCAST is brought to you courtesy of Jocko Willing Productions and his expert technical staff, of which we are joined today by Sergeant Kerry Helton. Kerry, welcome to the show. And uh, my name is John Stryker Meyer. I'll be your host today. And um, I'm really honored to get into, actually it's gonna be a part two of a series with the most distinguished guest. Because during the secret war, the eight year secret war in Vietnam, we had ran top secret missions across the fence, but you can't do top secret missions across the fence without aircraft, helicopter pilots. And we've heard a lot about the American helicopter pilots. Today, part two, we're gonna talk about the 219th Squadron of the South Vietnamese Air Force, excuse me, and we're joined today by by Steve, who's on episode number 40. And today we're doing 41 as a follow-up. And uh, for part two of this, Steve, welcome back. Uh, and he's joined by his son, Kevin, who's helping us out with an interpreter as well as a historian for his father, which is a long, rich history of service to his country. And for the, uh, if you haven't listened to episode 40 of Sawcast number 40, we encourage you to go back to that first and then come back and pick up this episode. And um, when we left off before, we're near your career after six years, some of the highlights, some of the uh, gut-wrenching stories that you had from then. And before we go past 75, I'd like to go back. There's a couple of things that um, we talked about before we turned the microphones and the cameras on today. and. Uh, one of the Kingby pilots that you flew with was Captain Tin, then now retired as a lieutenant colonel. And he, one of the impressions that he left on me was how when he would fly to a mission, his co-pilot would fly, but when it got to the target, he would fly in, drop the team off or pick the team up, and then he would fly home. He would always pray on the way and on the way back. And, er, and when we were talking earlier, about how the king bee would spiral in. One of the questions was, why did they do it? And when you and I were talking before the cameras came on, you said that helped you to focus. And maybe we could start a little bit about that and then how there's a couple other missions that you had been on with some of our uh, king bee legends, one of which was uh, Daiwi On who, if for our listeners, if you haven't, you can turn to Jocko Podcast, number 259, where Jocko interviewed him, and just a, a crazy stories and have extreme heroism. And uh, again, with Steve, he flew SOG missions from January 69 all the way through to when SOG was closed in 73, but like a lot of the King Bee pilots, the Americans went home, the King Bee pilots and the Vietnamese stayed fighting communism in their country. So, Steve, welcome to the show, sir. 
Uh, thank you, uh, John. Hello, John. Thank you very much having me here uh, in the uh, conversation today. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We're glad you came back. And uh, so uh, talk a little bit, if you don't mind, because that's such a fast, well, those of us who experienced it and watched the king be spiraled down to pick us up under enemy fire, and uh, we're, many Green Berets and Vietnamese team members are alive today thanks to your heroism and your fellow aviators. What was that like for you, that moment? And then why why is it different? Because like the Hueys, you just go in, but the, you focus. Uh, from you, sir, please, uh, I'd like to hear that final little note. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, the uh, maneuver you just mentioned uh, in the squadron, we call that La Vang Rei. <laughs> that means the yellow lever falling in the storm. That yes. means very rough. And uh, it was the unique maneuver of the King V pilot. Not too many people use it or do it perfectly. So King V pilot learned a lot how to do it. And uh, the maneuver used in the emergency and dangerous or uh, very critical uh, landing in the LG. Sure. Normally, we just do the normal approaching. We do not do the lavender. But the like the Americans uh, say, when the shit's in the fan, that's when you use that maneuver. Yeah. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, our older, uh, older brother can be uh, tortured, you know, trainers. Sure. And we learn from them. For many, many years, we experience about the maneuver. And we made it. And then why? What would it mean to you? Goodbye, guy. Uh, you focus. To, to me, to yes. me. Yes, sir. That helped. I love that. Yes. In the uh, dangerous situation or emergency situation, I did that. And I love that. That's First right. of all, uh, the uh, talking about... Uh, Let's see, psychology. I, I say psychology. You could focus. Psychology. Yes. Uh, we confuse the enemy. As also, it's harder to shoot yeah, a falling yeah. leaf than something coming straight in. And I scare them also <laughs> because you, amazing, you know, uh, just amazing when he see the the, the dinosaur on this air. Yes, we're referring that, to a CS-34 you know, here. <laughs> rolling around and rolling around. <laughs> yeah, they scare. Wow. So we scare them, okay? The second thing is we narrow, narrow the window up uh, the enemy shooting. Sure, absolutely. Because we did we we did the maneuver fast and uh, oh you did manage spiral and uh, you know the window they aim to us sure. narrower 
Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, it's a much harder target to yeah. shoot when it's a spiral downward. Yes. And, uh, you know, even in the – and that that tactic was unique to the King Bees. Uh-huh. And this is the code name for the 219 Squadron that was attached to SOG for the uh, entire secret war. And um, other South Vietnamese Air Force pilots didn't use that, or they didn't understand it, correct? <laughs> uh, I don't think they use that. Because you what, didn't you have some? You went to another unit at some point, yeah. And they didn't use it. You said, "Well, yeah. this works for me. Save my ass." <laughs> and they told us that uh, you guy like cowboy when you fly that uh, something <laughs> like that, and you know, yes. they blame us. I got news for you: the Green Berets thought you were cowboys too, mm-hmm. but we loved you. Yeah, <laughs> but that worked for us. It worked. Yeah, it uh, worked. there's a lot of us that are still alive today, thanks to you, King Bee pilots. So absolutely. And uh, speaking of the legends you flew with, um, I when, before we turned the microphones and the cameras on, um, you were talking about how you had flown with Captain On as or missions involving Captain On, and he was shot down twice. And the first time he was shot down, you were a co-pilot, and um, talked a little bit about that. Okay. And then it'll take it from there. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> Before I came to the uh, 219 Squadron in 1969, I've heard about Captain Ang. Now, sure. he uh, became a major. He a retired captain, as a major, yeah. yes, sir. And, uh, and he lives in San Jose today. And uh, he was a fly leader, captain fly leader. And I was a co-pilot for him uh, once a while, you know. Sure. Not all the time. Yeah, because, because as we said in the first episode, there, you you flew co-pilot with these veteran kinky pilots for six months. Yeah. Before you became the uh, first flight pilot, leader, yeah. flight first pilot. Yes, sir. At that time, I was flying co-pilot wherever they need me. Just like the call girl, I know I told you, hey, go, you go with that guy. Yeah. According to the uh, shy flying shy, you know. Sure. I was flying a co-pilot for Major Lung Cowboy in Sigmund around there before he went to Binwa to be commander of the new squadron. Uh, to 31. Okay. And uh, so on your mission with this one where Captain On gets shot down the first time. And I was flying co pilot for Captain Ang also, Captain Tung, okay. Major Hill, wow. Cap- Captain Tin, uh, Captain Young was shot down with me. Captain <laughs> Young and uh, oh, Lieutenant Yang after. Uh, that uh, he died also already. Okay, now talking about Captain Ang, I was, I am now also respect him a lot. He really in the story I wrote about him a little bit. Yes, sir. I said you are a hero, Captain Ang. Yeah, the real hero, not just here. I saw you, you by real. Men, you know. Sure. Okay. Uh, I remember 
the time he was shot down, about 30 miles from Dakto in 1969, I think, uh, talk about 1969. That's good. Yes, sir. Okay. Friend of my very dear friend, very close friend, uh, Kiet, and I in Da Nang. Right. That was the summertime. We rented an uh, apartment to give together. Sure. We did not live in the uh, airport. Right. And uh, some friend of mine and Kiet <laughs> came from Saigon to visit us. Yes. And we had the good time together, you know, drink beer and went sure. to the beach, everything. The uh, <laughs> the, nang, the yes. beach, swimming. Go down and, to China Beach. And then uh, <laughs> we had the assignment to go to Kuntum. Right next to the morning, uh, next day is the morning. Okay. We get up ready and... Uh, we uh, gave the department to our friends. And at the same time, Kirk and I went in and uh, we flew to Kuntum. The assignment, they assigned me to fly the co-pilot for the first Lieutenant Yang, number three. Right. And Kirk were assigned to fly co-pilot to Lieutenant Tung, T-R-U-N-G. Number two, and uh, Captain Ang, number one, with Kai, the one uh, we had the dinner with. Now he's living in Chiu Beach. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the mission was working with the Hatchick folks. Okay. Yeah. So they, they, ha they had the big contact with the enemy, the VC. I remember the area the landing area, the landing zone, was uh, some low hill alongside with the river, uh, the, the brook, the spring. Right, okay. Okay. So uh, the first day came in, couldn't do anything better. Captain Ang was shot down the day before and uh, he was picked up by Captain Day, I think. And uh, next day, he lead, he leaded us, so he led us into again. Yes, sir. Captain, uh, he's brave and he, oh, yeah. you know, very brave. That's why, you know, <laughs> he got shot many times. <laughs> and uh, the day we came in from Dakdo, he came in and they said, hey, let me try again. And he came down. He came down and he got shot. And uh, shot down. And uh, Lieutenant Tung uh, called in radio. Uh, Are you okay? And they said, okay. And uh, Lieutenant Tung told, I'll come down to pick you up. Uh, Lieutenant Tung land out quick, you know, to the LG. Right. And I saw from my uh, J airplane, I saw about 20 or 25 feet on the ground. He got shot and down, right on the LG. 
Okay, and uh, Lieutenant Trung and uh, uh, mechanic cruise ship uh, Đức. They uh, escaped and uh, the airplane and uh, the troop on the ground rescued them with them. Wow. But my friend, Lieutenant Kirk, he's still in the aircraft. And later on, the cruise ship told me that before he ran away, he shake Kirk's leg and call him, Go! Run! But no answer. And the cruise ship just left. And after that, one B-40 got in. I saw it explode the GS-34 and burn. And that's very sad because Kirk still there and gone forever. You couldn't get out in time. Uh, yeah. And uh, we called the squadron in Da Nang and uh, the ground troop on the uh, on the ground arranged now you guys cannot come down anymore we move they move to another place and uh, five or six uh, helicopter from uh, headquarters in Da Nang they uh, came to Dacto and they picked the team uh, on the ground back home. Yeah, because the hatchet force was a, a larger element. It could yeah, be a about platoon. platoon or company or something. I right. do not know exactly platoon or company, but it's big, much bigger than ma- recon many, yeah. Yes, sir. And I, they, they told me the story about when they were shot down on the ground. Yes. They said uh, the brook, the uh, enemy jerk uh, in the platoon or the crew, uh, the, the, the team. The team on the ground, yes, yeah, sir. The team shot them. And they kept running to the team even when they were shot in. Was shot? Sure. Yeah. So they think they have some drug or crazy or something like that. And the blood make the water red. They killed so many. Yeah, too many died because uh, the water in the spring turned wow. red. Yeah. Sure. I, I just heard, I just witnessed, so I didn't see that because it yeah. was on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with the, again, we're talking about Captain On. Okay. And, and, and just, and so just, I just want to say that in the first story in this book, On the Ground. Oh, On the Ground. We had, uh, talking about Captain Nan, how the team had been under siege. He came in and hovered mm-hmm. in a bomb crater mm-hmm. so the team could get on. They'd been in contact all day. And then when they left, they left, he had to dodge ACAC, the anti-aircraft fire, because this is further north up the Asheville Valley. And then he also said how he flew at night. And we said, how can you fly at night? Because nobody can fly at night, because Kingbees had no night lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, uh, some have, but not too good. Not too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said that Kingbee had didn't, but he said, how can you fly at night? He said, I've been flying so long in Vietnam, I know this country, I know Laos. And it, yeah. so that's the one of the, so Captain On at that time, now he retired as a major, he gets shot down a second time. And you were involved with that also? Yes, sir. Uh, exactly. Uh, at that time, 
I was the co-pilot for number two, uh, Lieutenant Yang. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Captain Ang was number one. After finished the uh, mission, he uh, fly back. He flew back, actually, from uh, Budok. Budok means the uh, Lanshai. And uh, he got shot on the air. His helicopter was burned. And right. we follow him. And he tried to get to get out of the area and try Because there's all his comments around there. Maybe and uh, but uh more important thing he tried to make a landing as soon as possible. Sure. Because it burned Because he had badly. fire in his cabin, it was coming yeah. up and burning the t he and his co pilot. Yeah. And uh, the the pilot's unit. And uh, he tried to land, and we follow him very close. Lieutenant Yang and yeah. I follow uh, Captain Ang very close, and he land to the rice paddy, and uh, we follow him right away. And uh, on the ground, they sure. uh, shot the uh, illuminating uh, grenade. Yes. To uh, to light up the For area. For a marker. And uh, I remember some ground uh, fire, but really? I don't. I, okay. I do, do not know exactly where. You know, sure. boop, 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 somewhere, and some uh, <laughs> like uh, mortar or something. Yes. Boom, boom, somewhere. You know, lie. You know, an explosion. I can feel also. You know, look now and uh, to clear the area something, and Lieutenant uh, Yang landed right next to Captain Ang helicopter. And uh, my uh, crew chief, uh, Chin, Chin means uh, number nine. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Chin jumped down. And he saw Captain Ang on the ground, and he carried Captain Ang. Chin is, uh, was very strong, and he put Captain Ang in the aircraft, and he, take, uh, he took uh, the crew chief, of Captain Ang aircraft put in the aircraft, but we could not find the co-pilot, Mr. Long. We couldn't find. And because the ground fire or something, we took up, you know, Lock, was friend of mine. He came to United Squadron about four months before I came. And uh, we, uh, contact with the ground folks to ask them come in to find uh, Lieutenant Lock, go by not up Captain Ang. Right. After uh, about four or five hours, they searched in there, they report, reported that they couldn't find. And uh, we did not know where the co-pilot was. Right. And I remember Captain Ang uh, told us that uh, the fight was seriously hot and maybe locked. He jumped out some way uh, out of the aircraft, so when we landed out, we could not see him. Sure. The, the crew chief of the aircraft of the Captain Ang. Yes. Because it was too hot, he he climbed out 
and he hold the strut, the strut, the of strut, the, yes. yeah, the strut. He was there. So when the captain Ang uh, landed, he throw him <laughs> away. It was okay. a hard landing. Hard landing, and uh, we could not fight copilot lock. And about uh, half month later, in the operation, the ground troop, infantry troop, found uh, lock <coughs> with the flying combination. Mm. And Whoa. we uh, <coughs> brought him home and buried him. Wow. Oh yeah, uh, I remember he reminded me because I told him, uh, uh, Captain Ang, when he after he landed the aircraft, he thought he climbed down because pilot up there we had had the step to lie down, right. and he thought he hold the handle and climb down. But when he hold the handle, he fell down on the ground because both hands had been burnt. Had been burned so severely, he couldn't even open a window. He had to use Nothing. his elbow to yeah. open a window. Yeah. So that was just one of those missions. So just for the record, Captain On, after that, you were able to get him down to Benoit to the medical center there. Uh, and Saigon. Saigon, okay, yeah. and then. They ultimately had to take off both hands. Yeah, both hands. And today he's alive and well, smoking a pack of cigarettes yeah. a day up in San Jose. And you, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I had a, uh, I wrote a little story. The first day he came back in United States. Right. Yeah, in the re reunion uh, with people in the King Bay tonight is what I. Uh, came to shake hand him, you know, say hello, and I, uh, I shook his hand. Sure. And that shocked me right away. Because you didn't know about the hands. How I know. Yeah. But I remember <laughs> the the time he was shut down, and the pilot was flying with me. Sure. Lieutenant Yang. Yes. After that, they killed him in Kaesan. In Kaesan. Uh, in Kaesan. Where, where the king got shot down up there. 1968. No, 1971. Oh, is that right? The later, and they used Kaesan. Uh, yes. 71 in Lamson, 719. Yes. Yeah. Lieutenant Yang was shot down. Wow. And uh, after. Communist overran uh, in uh, the hill 31 with the airborne company in there. Yes. And uh, the community asked them to surrender. Lieutenant Yang did not surrender and they shot him dead, dead in there. Wow. The, the hill 31 okay. in uh, Laos. Yes, sir. So <coughs> I. I told uh, Captain Ann, in the mission you were shot down long ago. Now I see you again. Shake your hand. I remember Lieutenant Yang and uh, Lock Copilot. Sure. And uh, Jin, uh, the crew chief. Crew chief, yes, sir. They all died. 
only you and me alive. So please take care, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Please keep take care. Yes, sir. And then, uh, so with our story here today, thank you because that's just a couple of stories about other legends and uh, from the King Bee history, which I think we can never have enough written about or talked about. And for your personal story, the side that never got any adequate coverage was what happened to brave men like yourself, your fellow King Bee pilots, Tuong, uh, Captain Tin. I mean, you all spent time later in a re-education camp. So what happened, if you could just tell a little bit about 1975, April 30th, where were you, and then where, and just how you got captured, and then you go to a re-education camp, and you're not there with with your family or anything, it's just you and some, I'm not sure, we haven't talked much about that, that's why we're here today, to get your personal side of that story. Very simple. <laughs> okay. No gun. And, uh, Because of the family, I have two little kids, uh, one three years old, and one only about three months old. So I try very hard to take them out. How? How can I take them out of Vietnam? And we're after time? April 30 now, correct? Are we close to April 30th? What's, where are we in uh, regards to uh, Before, uh, okay. April 30th before that, yes, about sir. a week or something, we right. tried. Because you could see what was happening. Uh, yeah. Uh, we thought that no way we can stay, you know, uh, communists will come and yes. take over. Because uh, many soldiers, you know, just ran away, you know. So we pile up, we cannot do nothing. And uh, we tried to get out anyway, but for me, it's hard. With and where were you down in Benoit now? Uh, Saigon. Saigon, uh, okay. Sure. And uh, at that time, we moved from Nha Trang to Tan Chunyuk. We did not have the squadron. We did not have enough airplane, you know, just Sure. Guy up, abandon everything. Uh, everybody just think about to get out of Vietnam. About a week before uh, April 30. Right. I could not make it because of the kids, you know. Sure. My, I did not want to leave them and go by myself. And so simply, I just stay in Saigon with them. And I saw a communist soldier walk around the city uh, Saigon, something like that. Yeah. And in my mind, uh, at that time, I would like to go in the jungle or whatever. Anything Con to get away from Yeah, there. continue, you know, sure. fighting again. I don't respect the communists, you know. I, they not worth, you know. It. Right. But I could not do nothing. So, just waiting, and every day, 
they came to my house and uh, watch, you know, keep watching me. Didn't let me go anywhere. And they uh, ordered every South Vietnam official had uh, to report to them, go to the re-education class, you know, for short time, something like right. that. But later on, not short time, you know, five years, ten years, they just kept us in the re-education camp. You know, re-education camp, just uh, the world, so-called re-education camp, actually at the prison. Sure, and yes. they took you away from your family and the house. Yeah, and they put you in a major camp somewhere. The camp, put in the camp. How they far away was that from Saigon? At first, they put me in uh, Long Giao, about uh, forty miles from Saigon. Uh, that was the uh, former uh, the compound of uh, South Vietnam uh, Company or. Uh, 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 the division or something like that, the army compound. Okay, sure. But, but this uh, now, it's a, now it's a re-education camp. Camp, now re-education camp. Before it became uh, re-education camp, they took everything, you know, the group, everything they took away. We didn't have uh, the uh, roof. No we roof. No roof. Uh, the rain got wet, everything, okay? And I uh, was there. And at that time, we uh, tried somehow about escape, you know? Sure. Yeah. Always in the mind of uh, the education training, would like to escape. <laughs> they, we look at the communists at that time and we uh, think that uh, why can we believe that we lost the war for some stupid people like this yeah we don't respect them and we look down on them and uh, and they were cruel to you uh no they no they're not worth, you know, I mean, the, the, they're stupid, I can't say. I'm hoi la, cruel, not treat ban, not go wooden ban, not go torture They, you know, to me, yeah, I did not against him, uh, against uh, them. So they let me, you know, okay, they don't, uh, they did not do, uh, too much to me. But somebody against them, they beat up. And uh, in Long Yao, one incident, I never forget, uh, Captain Thanh, yeah, the name like Thanh, that one, he was the intelligence officer. And uh, on the way to find the uh, firewood, he wrote the letter to send back to his wife. We, we heard the communist said uh, in the letter, he told his wife uh, to contact with some other in the jungle and set up for him to escape. 
that the communists told us. We did not see the letter. And they caused that letter, and they caused him, put him in the, the special, you know, Solitary confinement. Yeah, confined and a big a cage. It's not yeah. too tall. And uh, for almost a month. And then you had, and they say re-education. Did they give you classes like this is how to be a, a communist? You got to do what we do. Did they have? How did that indoctrination go? You mean uh, how they uh, educate us? Yes. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> just, just ten lessons. Hey, you guys have to study ten lessons. First lesson, uh, United States of America is a uh, imperialist emperor. Pig. Yes. <laughs> okay, and aggression. Yes. And uh, they bad guy. Uh, sometimes South Vietnamese army and uh, American soldier, uh, they eat the children. <laughs> oh man! Like so that's that. part of your re-education then. And uh, the uh, so socialism, socialism, socialism. Yes. Yeah. Was number one. Sure. So Vietnam will be uh, socialist. Yeah, that number one. Mm. And uh, capitalism almost died now. Number 10. Number 10, and they, you know, struggle to die. Something like mm. that. Sure. And uh, okay. about the captain, he wrote the letter. Yes. And uh, he, I can't believe how stupid he is, you know. He wrote the letter with the code or something, but he gave to the civilian outside when uh, on the way right. to uh, collect the firewood, rubber tree firewood. Sure. He gave to some merchant, you know, Vietnamese. They, sh they sold the, you know, banana something. Yes. And they caught the letter, and they said, this guy doesn't want to educate and try to escape, try to contact with the uh, rebel, rebel, something like so that. So they made an example of him. In the jungle. Wow. So <clears throat> in the morning, one day, uh, the communist call on a meeting for everybody in the camp. Yeah. We are together in the meeting. Actually did a uh, trial for Captain Tan. Okay. Wow. And uh, in my mind, I think, okay, maybe he got more 15 years or 20 years in the jail, you know? Sure. But friend of mine, uh, when uh, to the headwater, and uh, they uh, asked him do something for them. And a uh, friend of mine came back and talked to me. Hey, Steve, you, Thằng Thánh sẽ chết. Thánh 
is going to be killed or executed, whatever. I asked him, why? Just a letter. Why they kill him? He said, you know what? They want me to make the coffin for him. Wow. So before the trial, they ordered to make a coffin. And exactly what friend of mine told me in the trial, they say, hey, this guy executed and tied up and blindfold him. Blind, yeah, folder. Took him to the, uh, the, the, the fence of the compound, the camp. Right. And tied up him on the porch. They shot him. I shot him dying and uh, wow. just the letter. I I don't know what he he wrote in the letter, but they said uh, he wants something, you know. Again, what they want to make an example of? Yeah, yeah that stage. Yeah. So you were in the reeducation camp for how many years? Uh, from seven uh, May seventy-five to January eighty-one. My Lord. Almost uh, six years. Almost six years. In the north of Vietnam. Oh, they moved you north? Yeah. So you had to walk? I'd <laughs> There's no <laughs> King Bee. <laughs> no King Bee. By boat? By boat, okay. Yeah. We, we put us uh, in the cabin under the, sh the boat. Right. Yeah. And we uh, sent to the north Vietnam. So what were those conditions like? Uh, terrible. Uh, no, f not much food, not much water. No room at all. You know, about three hundred people in the cabin. Sure. No door and the uh, rain. You know, water came down. Every people got wet, and no food when uh, when uh, we. We were starving, we called them, and uh, they used the instant noodle to <laughs> throw down, and who got, and just eat raw. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have fire or nothing, and especially <clears throat> some people get sick, you know, uh, dispensary. There's no dispensary. No dispensary, yeah. No God? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this century. This, uh, dysentery. 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 Yes. Dysentery. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. And they got your stomach sick and they toilet everywhere. Oh. Yeah. And I could not, you know, uh, sit on the floor. I used the piece of... Uh, military uh, blanket right and tie up to knot and I made the hammock sure I sat on there for three days and three nights from Saigon to Hanoi Ooh. and you know I heard that one or two of us die in uh, that journey because the dysentery is so terrible if you can't stop it. Because they already sick before got in sure. the boat and no medicine. And they die. 
wow, can't believe that. Scary. Yes, indeed. So you go to Hanoi. Uh, you're, we, we went to Vin, next to Haiphong. Okay. And they used the tram to transfer us to Sơn La. Sơn La means the province, Điện Biên Phủ. Oh, sure. Yeah, around there. So the province, Sơn La, uh, around, you know. It's more inland. Yeah, more inland, a right. little bit. And uh, we uh, stayed there for a year, something like that, without nothing. You know, the first day we came in uh, Sola, we did not have any camp, just lie uh, in the bushes or somewhere to sleep, you know. Wow. And right after in the morning, I tell you the story, uh, very interesting. <laughs> okay. You have to survive. Sure. So, they told us, go to the jungle, chop the tree, chop the bamboo, bring back, and build a camp for yourself. Nobody help. We asked them uh, about the knife or the whatever, the equipment, so we can cut the tree. They don't, they didn't help. So, we had to build, use the stick of metal to make a knife or something like that and came up to the forest and cut the tree, chop the tree and carry it back and build the camp. Whoa. Uh, that had to be a slow process. A, a camp, a camp for, let's see, 90 people or something, the camp. We need about 20,000 little bamboo, you know? Yes. And we uh, broke the bamboo and built the camp. No nail, no metal wire, nothing. Use oh, the bamboo. Man. Sure. Just the bamboo, make wire and tie up and uh, build the camp. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. And uh, one interesting, I tell you. Sure. I remember, uh, I mentioned about uh, the operation, military operation in mm -hmm. 1971. The operation named Lam Sơn right. 719. 719, yes sir. In Ha Lao, in uh, Laos. In Laos, yes sir. Yeah. On uh, Khe San to Chepon. Right. And uh, two King Bi were shot down on the 31 hill. They said Đồi 31, that means the hill 31. And Chung Tử Bú, the second uh, King B was shot down. Uh, they captured him, and uh, as a POW, they walked him to the north of Vietnam. So in 1976, I went to Sơn La in North Vietnam. I saw some uh, prisoner. They call the education trendy with the uh, special pyjama, like Hilton. They call that the Hilton. And uh, yeah, the Hilton. Yeah, oh, because <coughs> the, they stay in there four or five years, so they could 
hang out and something and help to help us to to build show us how to cut the bamboo how show us how to you know tie them up to make a, a camp something and suddenly one of them came to me fuck how can you stay here I turn around hey oh you're still here and and we did not want you know the uh, government of the communist yeah. around yes sir to know we have the relationship like king b something sure so he uh, signaled me after dinner when to uh, i went to the you know secret to- toilet in outside you know right we talk and uh, at that time we had the plot to escape <laughs> and uh, when I met him around the toilet area yeah. he said I know in your mind you want to escape right I said yes <laughs> sure <laughs> and he said careful I escaped a couple of times that's why now they did not release me yeah and uh, I have the picture uh, here about uh, about uh, him well continue to talk as you look and then um, the how long were you there in Hanoi then this guy now he's the reverend in Houston, Num- number two. Song, song, Captain Song, number one of from the lab. This number two? Number two. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about Bo. Met me in the north. And he told me, hey, careful, don't escape. If you want to escape, you have to have weapon. Really? Go. Never come back. One way ticket, okay? Yeah. Because when you come back, they beat you up, beat up terribly, and uh, you have a bad record. They never release you, like me. Sure. Okay. After that, he gave me some tobacco, you know, because no tobacco. I was a smoker. <laughs> but for a month, I did not have any tobacco. What uh, about food? <laughs> uh, about food, they gave very little. But what can we do? What could we do? You know, they gave just like that. We eat just like that. Sometimes they gave the bowl of corn. You can count how many, you know. Kernels. Corn. Little kernels there are from Yeah. You can count. Like in the morning, I have 220 cows. And the other one, hey, you have more than I. I have, I have got 210, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no. Oh, man, hungry. So the only thing is to survive for hungry. We did not think too much about something else, except escape or find something to eat. 
We didn't care about uh, uh, lesson number one about the <laughs> American whatever. Yeah. Which use the notebook for the toilet, you know, clean sure. the. Yes. Mà còn hai cái ông mà bỏ chạy xong nó đem lại bạn của bà biểu đừng có escape. Thì đây nè, bên nói đó ông bố nè. Okay. So I told you we five guy were plotting an escape from sure. Shanla. But I met Bố. Bố told me careful with the, you you got to have weapon to escape. So the next day I came up to the hill to cut the bamboo I talked to friend of mine. Yeah. Hey, I met Bố. Bố recommend suggest careful when escape. Right. So now I thought that we need the gun. Where? I told them the garment have the AK-47. He <coughs> came up the hill with us. We kill him, get the AK-47. But careful how many bullets they have. If they have two, doesn't work. So right now, keep an eye on him. If he has more, make it, do it. For about two weeks, four people, they thought that I deny or not cooperate with them in the escaping. They left. Oh, wow. And uh, after <coughs> they left, we had to stay in the room. Uh, in your bamboo room. In the bamboo room. Lock it up. AK garment around. And they tried to looking for four guy over there. And right now, one father, his living knock over there, West Covina. <laughs> they beat him <coughs> to death because before the four guy left, the father gave them uh, some like, you know, brain for them. Give them a something. It's like a religious. Oh, okay. Because they, they were Christian. Sure. So father gave them some like uh, the rosary beads. Yeah, something before you know. Yes. Good luck. Sure. Wow, <coughs> I don't know who told them. They caught the father. Put in uh, the uh, separate in the cage. In the cage and beat him at night. I heard, yeah, I die, I die. Wow, for three weeks. Sure. And they caught four guys, but they beat them badly. And one broken hand, something like that. And after that, they sent them to another camp. Now, I met them around here. Sometimes really? they asked me to go to the uh, little Saigon sure. for a cup of coffee. Wow. So, um, to go on with the story, you're there for six years, then how did you finally get out? 
of after your sixth year of re-education. I just can't imagine going through all that, but you were able to get out, and then to, how'd you get out, and what was next? Uh, <clears throat> they released me with a very strange story. Remember, <laughs> I told you my father again them, and they killed my father? Right. But their comrade, my father comrade, my father friend. Yes. After 1975, they made a very high rank in the Communist Party. Oh, no kidding. And he came to my house to find my father, looking for my father. And he, they, at that time, I was in the prison. Right, you I still did not know nothing. Yes. And uh, they came to my mother's home and uh, they had asked mother, do you until uh, out uh, where is your father, uh, my husband? Right. We were your husband. Uh, we're together. They served uh, together with together, the Vietnamese. Friends, yes. something like that. Sure. And uh, uh, he's still okay. My father, my mother said he died in 1946 after he got shot. And uh, they asked my mother, do you need to help any? My mother says, no, I don't need you. <laughs> my, my father, my mother hit them, you know. And uh, uh, they said, uh, we can help you because look, uh, you're poor or something like that. We c can give you some this, some that, or honor you to give you the award, something that from the Communist Party because your husband, uh, you know, work with us. Something with the Viet Minh, yeah, yeah, sure. My mother said no. Uh, we, we don't need you guys anything. But when they left my sister, connect with them, uh, my sister uh, told my mother, come down, Mom. I worry about new sure. in North Vietnam. And uh, no sponsor, you know, no one to sponsor him. Right. He never go home. They kept them forever. And my sister contact with the guys and they make an affidavit or something. Affidavit, yes, sir. Yeah. The sponsor paper or something. Sure. They, they said uh, my father was. Had served well with the Vietnamese. Very good. Sure. Yeah, for the Communist Party. And my sister sent to the camp and to the. Uh, interior department or something uh, right. in Saigon. And uh, when they got the paper, they called me, hey, your dad was a uh, very good uh, uh, communist, uh, very good, uh, you know, like uh, corporation, something like that. Why? Sure. Why you again communist? I said, I do not against them. I do not against you. you know, and uh, they told me, hey, you better to report everything from the camp to me. Uh, because your father was very good with the... Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. 
revolutionary something like that your government yes. something like that I just smile I said no if anything <laughs> happened I really report to you <laughs> but I never report anything <laughs> right so you're able to get out <laughs> and uh, after that six months they released me six months okay six months that means I was in there about six years have you ever wondered what happened to legendary Chuck Norris He's in his 80s and still is kicking butt and working out and staying active. What's even more shocking is he's stronger, can work out longer, and even has plenty of energy left over for his grandkids. He did this by just making one change. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this one thing too, and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, and she has energy all day. Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Go to mymorningkick.com forward slash sog and watch chuck's video right now again that's m y m o r n i n g k i c k dot com forward slash sog when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, oh yeah, sick year. And they released me and I came home. Wow. You know, when I was in the camp, they let family of the prisoner, uh, I mean the re-education training, mm-hmm. to visit and uh, support some uh, supply or food or some something like that. And uh, on the way to go home, I talked to them, the wife, the, the kid of uh, prisoner. I asked them, they told me, hey, when you go home, do you want to escape? <laughs> I said, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. I had to connect with them, connection with them, right on the train to go home, you know, from... From Hanoi. Uh, no, from Hanoi to uh, oh, Saigon. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, we <clears throat> talked about that on the train right there. So wow. when I got home, uh, I continued. I, I met uh, Captain Ang. Right after I came home. Really? Yeah. After he he uh, escaped, he got caught. He they put them in jail and released him again. I met him uh, in Saigon. I came to visit him in wow. Saigon. Yeah. And I talked with you about the uh, friend of mine in uh, the game. 
chung tử bửu bửu hồi nãy dạ chát gái yes they uh, released me in 1981 four years later they released bửu he was there from uh, 1971 to uh, 1985 or something like that wow <laughs> about how do, how do you survive that i just yeah. man so you the, the the plan is to escape now oh so they escape i stay in the camp the, after that they send the four escape Oh. No, I mean for you. Oh, after that. Yes, yeah, sir. You're back in Saigon. Oh, wow. You're still thinking, there's a song. Uh, I got to get out of this place. Yeah. I asked some people in this garden, hey, why the, uh, do you guys stay here? Why don't you go out? Or why don't you go in the jungle? Tell me. So I make decision, and they told me, just escape. No way you can go out. I go in the jungle to fight back to communists because they chopped down everything. Okay. So they asked me, beside Captain Ang, you are the highest rank in here. So we all want to get out. Sure. But we could not make it. Now, we plan together. They wanted me to buy a boat. I said, okay. I will, I will uh, look in. But when uh, I came back about a couple of weeks looking for the boat, I asked them. That cost about 20. At that time, they don't spend down or money they spend right. gold the piece of gold they count by piece of gold for trading no kidding for example how do you find gold in vietnam oh a lot is that right yeah i they collect too many gold in there you know okay <laughs> uh, yeah that's why we're here they, they, <laughs> they deal for trading Mm -hmm. with gold, how many pieces. And, uh, and they I have to weigh it and everything. One gold, piece of gold, like uh, one hour or something. Or sure. Five hours, I don't know. But it's value. Not, they don't use money. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> and I asked them uh, for the boat like that, we uh, can escape, you know, go out. Uh, on the ocean, how much? They told me at least 20 pieces of gold. At least. If you need a boat, go out on the ocean. At least 20 pieces of gold. Gold, okay. I came back and asked people in the two squadron, how much uh, we, we have now? They said, <laughs> I just have the ring. That guy, I have two ring or something. Why, why give it the ring? So we couldn't make money. Whoa. So, uh, so you build a boat? And after that, uh, <laughs> I found another way. A friend of mine 
you know, introduced me to someone mm-hmm. and a uh, friend of my brother. Uh, she uh, had some goal and uh, at that time, one major in the uh, South Vietnam major. Right. After the, he released from the education camp, he had uh, his brother was colonel in the North Vietnam, came down to South, and uh, he built a boat to escape. That's it, funny. No kidding. Yeah. I came to his home talking about uh, building the boat mm-hmm. to escape. When we talking uh, in his room, I saw North Vietnamese on the jeep stop in the front of his house. I said, hey, they had to rank everything in uniform. I said, what going on? We're talking about escaping. They come, uh, the North Vietnam soldier came. My friend said, hey, my brother, don't worry. I asked him to go with us. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, after Whoa. that, you know, his brother sent a boy to escape with us. No kidding. Yeah. You cannot believe that. So you finally, things come together, you got the boat, now you're planning to go. Yeah. And what was the plan there? Because there's supposed to be Somebody's supposed to be a navigator uh, to help you sail the boat because you had it was a sailboat, correct? Uh, we have the engine. Oh, okay, you had an engine. All right, yeah, I have engine, but not very good. But <laughs> anyway, uh, talking about the journey to escape, too much trouble. But finally, yes, we left Vietnam in uh, June. June, what year? Uh, 1981. Okay, really? Uh, The boat, about uh, two meters and a half wide. Two meters. Sure, why? How long? Uh, About 10, say 11 uh, meters. Okay. We carry 41 people. What? 41. And some left behind. My brother was left behind. Your your older brother? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Before I uh, took up about this much water came uh, in the boat. That's why people scare my brother also. They did not jump in. Didn't think the boat would make it. Yeah, many people think uh, thought that we could not make it. Well, just hearing it, I mean, it just sounds two and a half meters by eleven. That's like that's not a lot of space. You got forty-one people in that. There. Why? Yeah, I oh. couldn't believe that we took up because two reasons. So, who was the captain of the ship all of a sudden? I was. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Yeah. No, be- no choice. Yes, no choice. Instead, instead of. Uh, naval major right take care of driving the ship the boat 
His wife was pregnant. But waiting, yeah, waiting for a long time. Yes. And his wife got pregnant, more than six months pregnant. Sure. And the small boat, and he heard that about 100 people to go with the small boat like that, more than 100 people candidate to go. So I said, I gave up. I don't want my uh, wife die. Sure. So you got to take care. And I said, uh, because... That's different they, than flying a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> they collect money. So people, you know, uh, contribute money, give them money, sure. go, something like that. Now, if they cancel, people lost money. So I try my best to go. And a friend of mine, the major naval manager said, hey, you go this way, this way, okay? Don't go this way, this way. And he gave me the map. Uh, the marine map, something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the compass, something, the marine compass. Uh, and uh, they bought the legit one. And uh, okay, now. They didn't know I was a pilot, helicopter. They thought I was a naval officer. Officer, because my friend was the major uh, office, yes. naval officer. I didn't tell them what I was. <laughs> they didn't care because they trust me. Sure. They trust the guy uh, just got out from the prison. They um, knew you wanted to be free. Yeah, so they thought that I don't cheat them. Sure. I want to escape because I just got out of the education camp. I do not cheat them. Sure. I, I go with them. Okay, so they listen to me. <laughs> so you get this. So you finally take the sea. You got the map. Your uh, friend showed you what to look for, and you've got your binoculars uh, with binoculars. you today that you use during your journey across the yeah, South China Sea. To be a captain, something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, captain! Oh, captain! Take my ship. Yes. Uh, the most I can share with you. The most I never forget. You know, on the ocean. Yes. When we uh, we got to the international water in the morning, with the binoculars, I saw two big ship. They came, and I drove the boat in the middle of them, <laughs> and I uh, everybody hoped that then they will rescue. And. Uh, the big boat, I think that for oil ship, you know, Holden, name Holden, that means from Holden. Sure. And the other, Panama. Panama, yes. Okay. So people clap the, the hand. For sure, at least one can, you know, rescue us. But the Holden ship away. And the Panama slowed down in front of us. But when we approached him, they drove the boat away, the ship away. And about 30 minutes, they watched. And I stood in front of the, the boat. 
I gave the can, you know, the can actually for the oil, not for the water. The empty can. Sure. I signal them we don't have more or not enough oil because the engine run by diesel oil. Okay. Sure. After half hour, more than that, and they throw away, they uh, ship away, okay? And before they went away, they dropped a pallet, the pallet of food and water, drink water and medicine. They wow. tie up and yeah. they throw in the ocean. You know what? <laughs> you know, by common sense and your uh, reflection, I had to jump down to the water to get the pilot because we run out of water, we run out of medicine, food, sure. everything, four days already. And uh, I was smart enough, you know, <laughs> I used the drop, <laughs> yeah. I, I tie up my waist and I told them, hey, pull me back or otherwise, you know, <laughs> the shark hit me, you know. Sure. <laughs> I jumped out the water over there. The color, it, it dark like this. Not, not black, but dark but blue. dark color, yes. Dark color, like you were over there. Sure. And cold, very cold. After I tie up the pilot, they pull me back to the ship. I jump on the ship again and my goosebump, you know. Sure. Yeah. Never forget about it. You know, just one time in my life, jump in the international <laughs> water, you know. God, I thought, hey, the shark you ready for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Could you, so you can see sharks out there, huh? Yeah. Uh, the sh when we were, you know, on the ocean, the dolphin, you know, Rain. Sure, yeah. yeah. They raised our boat, you know. No kidding. So how many days were you out there? Five days and five nights. And then where did you land? Uh, first up, uh, uh, island, uh, Indonesia. They call it the Talamba, a small naval station, naval base or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we... Actually, we got the island at evening. I saw some small canoes, sure, fishing boat, you know, came and asked, uh, we would like to buy some more oil, you know, diesel oil for the engine to keep continuable. But the fishermen just boy on the watch or ring they want watch and ring I thought in my mind we got to go away because I am afraid they drop you know the dropper right and uh, pirates pirate many uh, both people uh, had to be raped, you know. And, sure. Uh, yeah, and a pirate uh, rob and rap everything, kill and everything. So I made decision. Okay, we go out again. I went out. 
at night I hang around there outside and in early morning I came back I came back I saw the boat I followed the boat and the boat went into the naval base and uh, we get in there and I asked them uh, for refugee you know? right yeah and they okay and uh, I asked them hey we so hungry show me the market I can, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can go buy some food for my people and they said okay and uh, I gave them some uh, gold you know yeah <laughs> and they okay I bought something for my people they all hungry you know uh, that the first base the first one I got in after about two three weeks they said two weeks two weeks they sent us to a temporary refugee camp Cuckoo that's the Cuckoo Island and we stayed there that terrible in there because too many disease like uh, this century huh? again this yeah. dysentery again over yeah, there horrible and uh, I, oh I buried one girl about die in the cuckoo and I help bury and when I bury the girl yes I did not let her grandmom know about he died she died we tried to you know lie to her grandmom grandmom and her go together escape together now he got sick and died so we bury her on the hill and uh, we told grandmom uh, we had already sent her to Galang that's a big uh, refugee camp for treatment we just lie for her temporarily. Sure. I don't know what happened to her. So after three, four weeks, uh, they sent us to Galang. Uh, the, the refugee camp, the big refugee camp in, in, in there. And uh, I have some picture, Galang, right here in the back. Right here. Wow, well, how do you say that? Gyalang, Gyalang, G A. Oh, that that is I think uh, that the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the temple. Ah, at the temple. Uh, yeah, I okay. I helped them to build a temple. Oh, your spare time. Yeah, I asked for nail and uh, something like material. They <laughs> they wanted the new temple. Wow. That's that's amazing. club. So how so how do you how long does it take to go from there to where do you land in the United States and your story begins there? When do you get to the United States? 1983. So it took two years. Uh, 18 months. Eight, okay. 18 months in refugee camp. Wow. And then where did you and then where did you land in the United States and what was the organization that helped you get there? Uh, finally, the uh, 
Catholic Church. The Church. Catholic Church, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot the name. They bounced me. And I uh, came to Los Angeles. Yeah. In 1983. Right. Yeah. And you didn't go to Camp Pendleton or anything like that? It went straight to Los Angeles? Because uh, they had a Vietnamese encampment at Camp, camp Pendleton, Pendleton for several years. Yes, the and, Marine Corps uh, base. Some came like that for refugee in 1975. Not for later. Not for later, okay. Not for later. So later, uh, somebody sponsor, uh, some company sponsor. Right. And they sent us <coughs> to the sponsor. Wow. So you're in there, you're in L.A. now, 1983. Yes. Then what's the next step? Do you begin to work? And you could speak some English already. That's helpful. Okay. Uh-oh, here we go again. Yeah. Right here. Right there? Anybody come to United States mm -hmm. need to have money right. for a living. That helps. So uh, we went to the social department, social security department. That, that was... Me in the uh, refugee camp, I was the uh, translator, the interpreter. Right. Can you read Interpreter. That? Interpreter, yes, sir. Yeah. In camp. From Indonesia? Yeah. Wow. Manoy Balaga Club, Aviation Club. Yeah. yeah. And this is dated January 12, 1982. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, he was also uh, the president of the aviation club that he helped erect in Indonesia. <laughs> Is that before or after you built the temple? <laughs> Probably the same time. Yeah, same I, time. <laughs> I did a lot of things over there day and night, you know. Uh, sure. Some, somebody said, hey, stop doing that. But I enjoy doing that because that was type of my life to help my people. Sure. So. Wow. Right on the first day, I got to Galang, re-education or the uh, refugee camp, and they asked me to come to the camp committee to help them. Right. And I said, yes, I came there, help, paper, something. Sure. And uh, about five days, the USA delegation came to my room, hey, I know you were the pilot. <laughs> they look at my <laughs> document. Really? So, so you speak English, right? Yes, yes, a little bit. They said, help me. I need a translator. So I said, okay. So I went to help them to be the interpreter, sure. the translator. Sure. For the USA delegation. I worked for them a long time. But also in the youth center, they came to me. Hey, brother New, <laughs> we cannot speak English. So we need some instrument for the youth center, like the drum, you know, like sure. the guitar to build up the, like the club. 
Okay. We, we could not speak uh, English, so we could not, uh, you know, do nothing. Okay. And they let me see the world relief, world relief, the world relief. I told them, and I uh, please help for the young guy over here. They need to have the youth center for kids, okay? This is in L.A. Uh, Indonesia. Indonesia. We, we got back. Yeah, this, yeah, this okay. is it. You, you're tricking me here. So, okay, um, we're done with Indonesia. Let's get into L.A. Yeah. If you don't that, mind. I hate it. Sorry, I brought that up. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. He steered me back. You know? He did. <laughs> okay. He want me to uh, tell you a little bit in the what I did in the uh, refugee camp. Right. Yeah. Besides building a temple <laughs> and an office. Yeah, besides that, <laughs> I, I, I was a... Uh, later, I was the representative camp committee. Wow. I was the scout, boy scout helper. Oh, boy scout helper too? Yeah, youth center helper. And also, uh, sometimes uh, I help people to go to the hospital. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, in the, in the uh, boat, there was uh, a, a young... Uh, a young girl, mm -hmm. she got very sick. She could not walk, so I carry him. I carry her. I carry her to the hospital and save her life. Now she in here, San really? Diego. Really? And when she met me back, she hugged me. Hey, you carry me again? <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, you're too heavy now. <laughs> okay. And oh. uh, help a lot in there. Okay. I... Uh, so with each new job, you got a big pay raise, right? Yeah, I had very much pay. <laughs> After that, they wanted me to be a teacher ad, teacher ad. Teacher's aide, yes yeah, sir. Teacher ad for sure. English classroom. And uh, I also, by myself, to uh, file for some class to teach uh, refugee the basic sure. English. Yeah. Because most of the pilots know how to speak English. Sure. Not much, but enough. Uh, enough to guide them to learn the basic English. So I, uh, I uh, found that the uh, Vietnamese Air Force Association in there <laughs> to call people, got together to yeah. help. For example, please help this in the uh, Cam uh, committee. Sure. You help uh, in the uh, youth center and help me in the delegation of United States to, you know, uh, uh, interview the refugee, something like sure. that. Sure. Oh, a lot of work at teacher and everything. It sounds like you had a long day, a lot of long yeah, days and short go nights. Go fast. Yeah, because you're busy. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> Uh, Sometimes I came back to the barrack. We we living in barrack, barrack, barracks. Yes, barrack. Yes, sir. And uh, <laughs> friend of my cook for me. Uh huh. And when I came back, the 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 rack ate all my food, and I did not have anything to eat. And I, you know, I a lot of rats. Mouse mice over there. Rats. Yeah. And uh, 
they ate my food, and I did not have everything to eat. I <laughs> went to the supermarket, asked them to the instant noodle or something like that. <laughs> wow. and, and my friend said, hey, you have to go home to eat. You hang around too much, so the rat eat your food. <laughs> I said, I don't care. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No yeah. kidding. Wow. So eventually you wind up in L.A., in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. I, in 1984? Uh, three. 83. 1983. I did three. I, I went back to uh, Orange County. Wow. Los Angeles Airport. And I went to Orange County. Little Saigon. Right. And where'd you go there? What? Who is it? Some kind of, still with the Catholic uh, organization? Yeah. Uh, they sponsored me uh, to there. But I uh, had to go to the uh, security, social security apartment to claim for money, you know. Right. Uh, help, like welfare, you know, welfare. Yes. Uh, when I came to see the social worker, and uh, she looked at uh, my uh, name and something like that, and she said, I know. You were the translator in the the refugee camp. Yeah. So I, uh, if you want to work, I introduce you to some company. You know, uh, they will interview you for the job. I said okay, and I got welfare of about a month, and I went to work. Uh, they paid me five dollar a month uh, at the hour. Five dollars an hour. Hour uh, in nineteen eighty-three. Okay. Yeah, in uh, Costa Mesa. Wow. Uh, that I uh, uh, the film lamination for electronic board. You right. Know, we build the film first. Sure. And uh, we build the electronic board according to the film. So I work over the five dollar an hour. No kidding. But I didn't have the car, you know, to work and go to school at the same time. It was hard time. I, so you uh, went to school? Yeah, I went to the South Coast uh, College. Right. Orange Coast College. Yes, sir. In Costa Mesa. Sure. I work uh, in Costa Mesa, so I went over there. You work and go to school. Yeah, and took the bus, you know, back and forth. Wow. That. Wow. And what were you? And you're going to school for what? Uh, uh, At college in Vietnam, I uh, was a student of the EA, electronic, uh, electrical engineer. Okay. But uh, I did not learn much. But I loved it. So <laughs> I tell you what: the first day I came to United States, I yes. wanted to fly again. True. Because. You couldn't find an H-34. I miss it very yes. much, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, at that time, the pilot flying helicopter for oil company and some other, they got laid up and never called back. Was that right? 83, 84, something like that. And I asked a friend of mine. He was flying for the oil in uh, Louisiana. Mr. Kong, he's in there, okay. in, the, in the picture. Yes, sir. And uh, he said, uh, I knew, Mr. Nguyen, 
uh, they lay up almost a Vietnamese pilot over here, only me. Five or six already lay up and never called back. So try another way. And you had a lot of American pilots. You had hundreds of American pilots that had been in Vietnam. So you had, I remember I thought about going to a flight school to learn how to fly a helicopter, but I said, we got all these helicopter pilots from the 101st Airborne, the 1st Cav, uh-huh. not to mention the King Bees, uh-huh. and there's no chance for a, a green kid to learn just, just starting as a rookie, <laughs> never get a job yeah. flying helicopter. We got pilots around that have yeah. been flying their whole life yes. in the I military. Know. So it's like, I didn't, I, that was, went through my mind and stopped. But your case, you had skill sets, yeah. but yet there was, there was a, a economy. vast resource of American pilots. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you continued on with electronics, electrical engineering. I couldn't uh, fly, so fly something. They uh, wanted me to go to electronic uh, school. Right. And uh, about a year in uh, South at the Orange Coast College, and I got laid off from the, the company I work. The lamination company. Lamination, film lamination. The damnation from the lamination. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Chong, Captain Chong. Yes. He called me, hey, I, uh, I'll find a job for you in uh, Fort Smith. In Fort Smith, they had the uh, refugee camp in Fort Smith, the bigger one in there. In Fort Smith, Arkansas? Uh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So Mr. Song, yeah, settle in there, and he called me and said, hey, come with me. I'll find a job for you. Really? I flew out there. Yeah. And uh, I got a job, but uh, the bending machine for the copper tube, you know, because over there they have the rim and whirlpool. Uh, they build the uh, rim refrigerator or something. So sure. they need the bending tube, you know, yes. for the something. The copper tube. Yeah, I got a job. They paid me $6 an hour. Wow. <laughs> you got paid more in Arkansas uh, yeah, than in I'm L.A. Th- yeah, okay. Oh, my gosh. I, I share my like, uh, your friend live now. Uh, he helped me. He, hey, come with me. I'll find a job for you. If I cannot find a job for you, I will give you, give you everything uh, to live with me, you know, something like that. Wow. Stay with me. What a dear friend. Yeah. Because, you know, in the combat, in the war. Okay, so uh, after that, uh, another friend, the King Bay again, in La- Dallas, he called me. He, he was a King, King Bay, uh, he, he become engineer. And he called me, hey, Steve, <laughs> go to Dallas with me. You cannot stay with you know, for Smith, because uh, for Smith is a little uh, town, you know. <laughs> okay. So come down here with uh, us. Uh, it's uh, more fun in here. So, <laughs> okay, I flew uh, to drove with car. Sure. I came to see him in uh, Dallas. He was living in uh, Grand Prairie. And uh, finally, I got the job in there. I work for LTV. I don't know, you know, LTV in Grand Prairie. 
deserts. Uh, the aircraft aviation company, big company. Okay. Yeah, I work like the vending machine uh, operator. They really? They paid me eight dollar and fifty cent. <laughs> oh wow! But uh, we work for the uh, program B B two or something, B one something. Oh like yeah, the yeah. stealth bombers. Yeah, bombers. Yes. And after eight months, uh, <laughs> I got laid up. After they finished the contract, I got laid up, and my wife called me back to California. Okay, put everything on the car, drove back to California. So. You just said something here that's really interesting. Your wife, after you've gone to Arkansas, mm. you've gone to Texas, and your dear wife is back in L.A. And that is, I I just can't imagine. I mean, welcome to America, and you're separated from your sweetheart. Uh, now, no, something like this, something connect to another thing, you know. Yes, I saw that. you got many connections. Uh, remember the accident... I was shot down uh, in 1971. Yes, sir. The co-pilot was, uh, my co-pilot was long. Uh, I forgot to tell you a story about that because, and after I was shot down, mm -hmm. and uh, we went to Saigon. And my co-pilot asked me to have a party, you know, survive a bath party sure. in his house. And I met my girlfriend. Uh, after that, I had two kids, remember, young kid in Vietnam? Yes. And uh, she was my uh, co-pilot sitter. Really? Yeah. That's why people said, hey, we see could not kill you in the <laughs> accident, but you die because of, you know, called by lost sister. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so <laughs> I had two kids. I yes. could not get out of Vietnam in 1975. Right. And I was in the prison. She took my kid to United States. Oh, wow. Okay, and uh, she got another boyfriend. In uh, the time she survived with the kid, yeah, that's the trouble. I was in the refugee camp, sure. camp longer than I, anybody because I claim that I have, you know, kid and wife in United States, but now, you know, they couldn't find her. Oh no! And they just kept me in there until they found it. Okay. Is that right? Right. Okay. Now. The next is my wife right now. Another story. In Vietnam, I was helicopter pilot. Sometimes, not very often, I was flying for my wife, dad. My wife right now. Uh -huh. Yes, sir. Yeah, she was the, uh, my wife, dad, was the commander of the train, parachute training center. <laughs> and, uh, he asked me to fly for him. He jumped out for control, you know, parachute, demonstrate or something like that. Yes. So I knew, I knew her father. And I also knew her mother. And when the first day I came here, I met her mother. I said, hey, long time no see. <laughs> Come here. Okay. 
and uh, she invited me to have dinner at home with uh, that's why I uh, met my wife wow okay but just the the you know friend okay sure the time I went to uh, Arkansas right Dallas she was with her mom wow nói gì bà ngoại nữa chứ thì đó bà ngoại đó bà biết bà ngoại bên đó đó đúng mà bà ngoại làm gì bên Việt Nam she he remind me about her mother her mother was a major airborne major airborne major yeah because my wife father was the airborne commander so no kidding yeah Oh, the, 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 she, the she, she very famous yeah, sure. woman, very famous, and wow. She fit right in with special forces, being a paratrooper. Yeah. Paratrooper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't believe that. Oh, I can't either. So you go back to L.A. Yeah. After leaving Dallas, you drive, you get back, and then, so where, what what happens next in your career there? Because um, this is... An interesting story. What's your next connection? A connection about uh, the job or something like that? Yes. Uh, yes, oh. sir. Uh, I came back and uh, I applied for electronic. Engineer? I learned a little sure. bit. Yes. Not engineer, assembly. Oh, a- assembler. Okay. <laughs> or tester. <laughs> and uh, a company, they call that the micro CMI. Uh, they uh, hired me to be a test, you know, they uh, manufacture the component of the electronic, I test it. Sure. Okay, just, you know, diode, you know, capacitor, resistor, you know. Make sure it's all working. Yeah, it works before we ship them out, okay? Yeah. And after two months, I I was promoted to the leader. But work night time. Ooh. Uh, I work night time because in the daytime, yes. I, I went to the Control Data Institute to be a computer technician. No kidding. Uh, because I thought that I need the career, you know. Sure. Work with my labor. I don't think I will be a... Uh, Big boss or whatever, just work with. You're just happy to do some work, get paid work for it. Work and uh, get money, you know. So, I. Uh, but you're like many of the Vietnamese that came to our country. They came here and went to work. Yeah. And you found jobs, and not only did you. So if you found one job to pay five dollars, next next time you're getting paid six dollars an yeah. hour, and you grew and improved your your earnings along the way, and it's just like. So many of your and, uh, Vietnamese when, have done that. It's just outstanding. When I, I, when I was in uh, refugee camp, I uh, know that I learned that uh, in America, in United States, uh, sometimes the uh, people take care about the trash. You know. Yes. They got paid more than the doctor. <laughs> so, better be the trash cleaner or something sure. like that. And you're thinking about money. Yeah, I think about money Smart. to live. Sure. And work hard to live. Absolutely. I don't think about to learn too much and, you know, 
Just hang around. <laughs> That's why I want to be. I wanted to be a computer technician. Sure. And uh, I spent more than a year while working to uh, get the certificate. Yes. And uh, after that, together with my fr friend, uh, I opened a shop, computer shop, in the Lake Forest and uh, Freeway Five. That's why I bought the house in sure. Tokyo Rent. Okay. Wow. wow. But uh, after three years, I did not make good money. So I went to apply for another company in La in Costa Mesa. I work in the lab. You know something funny, a uh, very funny. They hired me in the lab. Yes. And uh, the lab leader, he was about 57, 58 at that time. He uh, looked at my background. Uh, he interested. Then he called me and talked. And uh, he asked, uh, were you a refugee, were you pilot in the war, something like that. And finally I asked him, hey Bob, how long have you worked in here, sir? He said, 35, 32 years in the company. I said, God, in the 35, 32 years, a lot of things happened to my life. I quit the college, went to the military training school, went to United States, fly in helicopter, back to Vietnam for Vietnam War, in jail six years, refugee and uh, 18 months in Indonesia, back to uh, America, learn again now, you're still working around here. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Cannot be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's very nice to me. Oh, yeah. outstanding. And I work in the lab technician. After that, I work in the uh, engineering department also. And after that, uh, they want to send the uh, engineering department and the lab to Mexico. And uh, then they lay up, but except Steve. You stay, really? You go to production line, take care of production leader. <laughs> well, wow. I, I got crazy with the, the, the leader <laughs> of the production line. I took care of about 25 people, you know, black, Mexican, Vietnamese, white, Filipino, all, you know, combination. Sure. Yeah, for three, four years, something, and finally I got laid up because <laughs> they sent production to Mexico. They Ooh. sent lab to Mexico. They sent... During the nafta years. Yeah, and... Uh, they uh, lay, let me up, but about a year and a half or almost two years, they call back. I said, fuck no, to forget. <laughs> they call many times and gave an answer. Yeah. I said, fuck no. <laughs> Stop calling our house. And, <laughs> yeah. And when my wife said, you almost the uh, age to retire, so retire. Okay, I retire. Oh, is that right? <laughs> I retired 10 years already. No. And somebody asked me, what do you do uh, when you retire for 10 years? I said, 
du ved jeg midt om morgenen. Så today you have how many children and how many grandchildren? All the uh, grandchildren. I uh, I think I have two grandchildren, uh, but uh, they live away far from me. They, they are living in uh, South uh, Carolina. South Carolina, sure. Yeah. And uh, how many children? Uh, well, we know well, about Kevin. Uh, when when you ask me how many children, yes. from who? <laughs> how many children are you the father of, sir? Uh, up the uh, ex-wife or girlfriend or sure. whatever. <laughs> you just, whatever you got. Okay, so there, you yeah. might be confused. One big happy yeah, family for, here. For my wife right here, I have three boys. All right, wonderful. And uh, we just have uh, one uh, daughter-in-law last week or uh, last month. Oh, So Kevin is the oldest boy I have with sure. my wife. And... Uh, Kevin, Kelly, I sent a picture Kelly in the firefighter uh, uniform yes. to you. And sure. the last one, he just married uh, Kenny, so three boys. Wow. And uh, with, <coughs> with my girlfriend, I told you, sure. right now I have only one. And uh, he has two, one boy and one girl, so I have two grand boys and one, two grandchildren. Wow. You know what? I no, what? Tell me. In, in the in the squadron. Yes. When you ask about the wives, you you have to ask whose. You know <laughs> what wife? You know, because yes. Sometimes you know, it's a very important how you yeah. ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Children from who? And from which one? You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and can you still remember their names? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good. <laughs> they got lost. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I think that I think we've wrapped up this tour here today. <laughs> and uh we're down to that to the closing part here, I think. And um so just a couple of uh, quick questions here. Looking back. Yes. The Vietnam War. Uh-huh. And was it worth it? As you view it today, fighting communism then. What do you mean, Chagin? Um, the Vietnam War, okay. your effort to fight communism then, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure the answer is yes, but just in reflection. Right now in Vietnam? Right, and your mind, looking back on that effort, what you did. Oh, what I did before. Yes, number one King Bee pilot. Oh, we did some good, good, good thing, yeah. And you would do it again. Even we couldn't make it, you know. Sure. We lost the war. But if you gave me the chance. You'd do it again. I would do the same thing. That's the, that's the answer. Fighting. And we've heard you a couple times about modern day communism. And we're still worried about that even in our country today. And... Uh, you, what's your opinion of the modern day communism as you see it? Oh, the modern communists? Yes. Not the modern. They, <laughs> the same. The exactly. Same, I can say the same shit. Yes, the, you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Yes. You know, some political expert <clears throat> said what? They said Vietnam, 
they don't progress. They just stay still over there. When other countries, they move forward. And Vietnam with the communism in right. there, they stay still. Not progress. Sure. Yeah. That's why they got behind. They were, right now they are behind Thailand, they are behind Korean, they are behind Japan, they are behind Philippines, almost behind everybody. Because nobody can show anywhere in world history has communism been successful for the people that see? has to live under it. Yeah, see? For sure. Yeah. Well, look. They uh, just the garbage. I can say that. Yes, you can. You see yeah, it. And then the um, getting back to our King B linkage one more time, we cannot close without uh, talking about how the losses over those years that um, there's been no official compilation, but I know you have worked with other King B pilots and you've been able to document during the war there's at least 28 King B crews. That means a pilot, a co-pilot, and a door gunner, a crew chief, who died in that war as a King B pilot or a crew member. And we have a long list. Yes. And hopefully over the next few years, we'll be able to continue to work on that to document the efforts of the King B pilots and the courageous Vietnamese that we never hear about in today or yesterday's media. But you and your family are just a great example and your fellow King Bee pilots and there are so many people alive today. We would like to, we would like to document that. Uh, we need more information and uh, correct what, what mistake we have or, you know, com complete, you know, exactly what. This is just the rough one they sent to right, me. This is the one list that you have worked on with a few of your King Bee pilots and hopefully yeah. Someday we can work on it further. I know the SOA has the, the POW MIA committee. That's good. And maybe we can talk with that committee. I know the chairman. and Yes. And, of course, um, the but King B <coughs> pilots have done the, uh, have attended our Special Operations Association reunions uh -huh. where you are the most honored of all our guests. Yeah, we love you. our American aviators. Sorry, just to roll back to this. Um, roll. It, it was 28 total. Cruise, cruise, and then twenty-five confirmed KIA. All right, out of the twenty-eight. That's so, that's yeah. accurate. That, that's that's, we, that's as accurate as my dad. No, no, <laughs> we strive for accuracy. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate uh, okay. it. That good. That it's thank very you. good. Yeah. Yes, sir. We, we would like to. We would like to ask if uh, we have any more. We miss it. Do we? You know, can uh, put anyone back who sees this show can write to me or call me, send an email. This electronic area. Or to my good partner here, Carrie Helton, Thank who you, works Carrie. here with Jocko and his staff, um, we'll get we'll get them connected one way or the other. Yeah. And uh, so, Very good. any last thoughts? We were at the point we're going to close out here. Any last thoughts for you, Steve? Oh, uh, the last thing I would like to say. Yes, sir. Very short. Uh, speci especially to uh, the shock and uh, to the men Yeah, shock uh, recon team. Yes, sir. Member. Uh, 
to my heart. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, who service and sacrifice for my country. And I always think that uh, you all are my hero. Uh, with all my love and my respect, and I always wish you well, and hope uh, we have a chance to see each other again. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, and we had those reunions. That the reunion two years ago was, in my mind, the best reunion we ever had. We had met the King Bee Pilots. It was a thirteen altogether, mm -hmm. and it was just an incredible reunion. And, so uh, and this is just a little King Bee. That's right. <laughs> okay, with that thought, we're going to close. And uh, <clears throat> we thank, uh, once again, Jocko Willing Productions for making these sodcasts possible. We also thank all the men and women in our armed services who have fought and bled for this country, as well as the heroic Vietnamese that we never hear about that fought for Vietnam against communism during the Vietnam War. We also thank today the Border Patrol, law enforcement, first responders, EMT, corrections officers, those who are out there every day keeping America moving forward. And we also thank, again, men like our fellow King Bee pilots, Steve, and those who fought in the secret war heroically, quietly behind the scenes, never seeking public glory, but just doing their job. And we also have to remember and salute the men and the women who did not return from Vietnam. Those today, we have 1,581 still Americans that are listed as missing in action with our 50 Green Berets from the Secret War. And of course, we still have our aviators, 83. And we thank those. God bless America, and thank you for coming in, Steve. Thank you very much, Chuck. Thank you, sir. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.